Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Revolutions Meet Your Congregation. As always, I am here with our friend Caleb. Caleb. Oh, hey, Jay. How are you, buddy? I'm great, buddy. Who's our special guest today? We have Amy Justice. All right. Hello, Amy. How's it going there? Hey, doing good. How are you? Doing great. Um, Just hanging out. So, Amy, where are we talking to you from? Um, I live in central Kentucky, um, around Appalachian area. Appalachia. Is that where the trail is? It probably is the Appalachian. (laughs) I had a friend who walked that trail and said, you you burn so many calories that people are actually eating ice cream and sticks of butter when they walk it. (laughs) Eating sticks of butter? Yes. When else do you have a license to eat a stick of butter? Why not just walk the Appalachian Trail? I think I might. (laughs) I might do some ice cream and butter eating. You know, they have deep fried butter at some of those big wacky fairs. fairs. I think think at uh, Minnesota State Fair they do. That terrifies me. Fried butter. (laughs) <laughs> I've had fried Oreos before, and that was a delight. I'm sure deep fried are. Oreos. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that sounds in good. like funnel cake batter. America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and you're? Are you from Kentucky? I am from Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. I am. Mm-hmm. So two local. That's where, the, that's where the Creationist Museum is. Is, is yeah. in Kentucky? Oh really? Yeah. I would mm-hmm. like to see that just for a laugh. Mm-hmm. They take it very seriously. <laughs> I'm sure. They, I mean, I wouldn't go in and be like, ha ha ha. It's go. actually pretty cool to see from the interstate so yeah they bought it up at christmas <laughs> oh nice. nice there's people riding dinosaurs yeah. in there i've heard <laughs> yes there are yeah very cool mm-hmm. pretty accurate <sighs> i like accuracy so amy tell us a little bit about um about your life and 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 sure. and, and growing up and and uh i mean i i know a little bit but the listeners uh don't know yet but uh okay you're a fellow pk so so why don't you fill us in a little bit yeah yeah, I'm a, a PKMK. Um, my dad was an independent Baptist minister, and we went to South Korea, um, 1979. So I was like 18, 19 months old. So all of my first memories are in Korea, and I learned to speak English and Korean at the same time. That is amazing. Yeah, we stayed there till I guess 87 when I turned 10 years old, and we came back to America, and uh, been here ever since. <laughs> so, so a few questions is is one. I'm sure for you that diversity means something different to you. Yeah. Um, growing up in, in Korea, I mean, what was that like, and and what was it like? I mean, at ten years old, there's so much going on in your life. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess it's a two parter question. Is one is what was it like going up there, and then I guess the second part would be kind of like what was it like making the transition mm. back? Yeah, you know, I. Can- you know, if you can imagine your first 10 years of life and how that that kind of molds your perspective of who you are as an individual. Totally. So for me, Korea was normal. Korea was my hometown. And America was the strange country, mm. right? <laughs> Even yeah. though everyone in America looked like me for the most part. Um, when I came back from Korea, you know, I was 10 years old. It's a pretty formative year. Yeah. It was very traumatizing. And as a, a TCK, a third cultural kid, um, I gained like 40 pounds because I was like, wow, this food in America is so good. <laughs> <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't realize I was depressed as a 10-year-old, but, it, you know, you're 10 years old and your whole world changes. You're just like, this is a strange country, mm. you know. Yeah, so, you're homesick. Um, mm. 
Very yeah. much so. I miss Korea. I still miss Korea. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a lot of friends there, and, and, you know, as a missionary kid, we had a lot of other missionary families that we hung out with from all different denominations, so it was a, it was a unique experience, I'll just say that. So you had so. spiritual diversity, and you had cultural yes. diversity at the same time yeah. growing up. Mm-hmm. Right. It was nothing for us to go to a Buddhist temple on a Buddhist holiday, because we didn't celebrate American holidays at, at our private Christian school. Right. We celebrated Korean holidays, like, like Chosuk, which is our Korean Thanksgiving, mm. or Buddhist birthday. So, you know, I didn't get off traditional days like Christmas or Thanksgiving. It was Christmas break, mm. or the Christmas holidays, you know, so... Um, it was different. Yeah. What a unique <laughs> yeah. perspective to have. Yeah. Even my concept of beauty, you know, I yeah. thought Korean women were beautiful. I remember telling my mom, she said, do you want a, a little brother, a little sister? I think I was three. I said, yeah. I said, I want a little brother or a sister. I said, but I don't want to look like me. I want it to be Korean. Aww. And my mom's like, mm-hmm. well, that's not possible. Amy. <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> Your dad and I are white and Caucasian. That's not possible. And my mom's like, well, then I don't want one. If I can't have a Korean baby, I don't oh. want one. <laughs> so, yeah. And I'm guessing you've probably had some awkward moments growing up. In this, I mean, coming back to the South and hearing people say different things about people and yeah. not realizing <laughs> your experiences growing up, yeah. that you've probably yeah. brought mm. a lot of reality to people's lives, I'm guessing. It, it was super awkward. I remember being you know, in Sunday school and, and they would say, oh, missionary of the month. Is you know the Howard family, and they they live in Korea, and kids would give us toothpaste and Kool Aid, and they'd say, "Do you guys have Kool Aid over there?" And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, <laughs> the black market, you know." Where they would say, "Do you live in straw huts?" And we're like, "Right, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> I live a, I live in a concrete apartment building, you know." Right. Like there was a really strange misconception of how we lived, and you know, back then, late seventies, early eighties, Seoul was becoming the technology mecca that it is now yeah you know we had the latest and greatest of everything i could go down to itaewon and for a thousand won i could get the latest bootlegged uh cure tape you know as an eight-year-old it was (laughs) so you know it was it was different um and i I learned at an early age to not tell people that i was a missionary kid because i didn't want to stand out i didn't want to be the weird kid in school Mm -hmm. so i just kind of learned to um internalize that and i think as i got older that probably brought on more trauma because i wasn't willing to say you know korea is my hometown (laughs) because a lot of people here that's just what what do you mean korea is your hometown Mm. Uh, what are you military brat and i'm like right 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 no and they would say well then what were you and i'll say missionary kids and they go oh Mm. (laughs) right there's always a different reaction yeah sure I think with the missionaries I knew growing up, I don't think I knew many kids who had spent as much time mm. abroad yeah. as you did. I mean, that's especially in yeah. one place. So that's, I mean, quite impressive. And, mm-hmm. uh, well, I don't know if you recall in the 80s, um, the Southern Baptist Convention actually started to crack down on missionaries going overseas, and they had a, an age limit restriction because a lot of kids that were junior high, high school were going overseas and having a very hard time assimilating. Mm. So at a certain point, they said, if you're like, your kids are this age or older, you know, we're not going to recommend that you go overseas, period. You know, oh, so they started to, to realize the, the potential traumatization 
that uh, children were dealing with, mm-hmm. adjusting to the new culture and how traumatic it was. Right. You know? So for me, it was in the reverse. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's at least nice to know they were doing that. Yeah, that's right. Great at, Trying you know, to be yeah. not, not putting the people's families above. Yeah. You know, or below, you know, mm-hmm. the winning souls. Right, Sorry, right, right. Kids yeah. Happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So, like, you know, now, I mean, do you, you know, when you see racism and things like that, I'm sure that's just, I mean, and growing up after you've got back to the States, I'm sure that's just something that's different to you as mm-hmm. well, right? Mm-hmm. Is like seeing yeah. racism in America. Yeah, I remember being. You know, our first year in Kentucky, I was 10. I remember seeing, um, I think it was a black and white interracial couple walking down the street. And one of my relatives had a derogatory comment, the N-word, which I'd never heard before. Yeah. And I was like, Dad, why why do people hate black people? Like, like, what is this about? Because I had never seen that form of racism. The only racism that we had experienced in Korea were Korean citizens who may have survived through the Korean War and had a negative experience with a GI. And maybe they didn't like GIs, right? Or maybe they had nothing but good things to say about GIs. And so you had a huge dichotomy based on who you ran into. Like, I remember we used to live at a Church of God compound, and it had a gate in front of it. And every morning, I kid you not, the same old, old woman would come to our gate and take a poop, like, right in front of our gate. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. And I, used, and I used to say, like, Mom, Dad, like, why does she do that? Does, does she not like us? Is there something that we've done wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, my parents would say, you, know, you can't take it personal. Mm-hmm. Everyone had different experiences with Americans back then. You know, mm-hmm. Korean War was 1950 to 1953. Yeah. So at that time, people who had survived the Korean War were in their 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Mm-hmm. So that was the only type of racism that we experienced. Right. Interesting. It's it's also interesting that you may have seen yourself as Korean while you were there, but not all Koreans saw you as Korean. Well, my my Korean friends tell me that I'm, they say I'm almost Korean. Nice. Um, My nickname is the yellow-haired girl, Mm. and I still get called the yellow-haired girl. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's cute. And I'm 43 years old, so. That's really cute, though. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. Nice little nickname. What um? So what what? So I guess you grew up Baptist, and I, I was going to yeah. ask you what denomination, but that seems obvious now that I thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. What? So growing up Baptist, and and now end up, you know, you're kind of listening to Revolution Online. How does one go from from that next journey of being in the Baptist church and then kind of finding uh, yeah. finding Revolution and finding comfort in there? I guess there's some probably deconstruction there in the middle. It, there's been a, a slow evolution over time as yeah. I've grown to be an adult. Uh, you know, and I told you, I think I told you an earlier call, it's always a very um, um, introspective kid, and I was always asking questions. Right. You know, what, why does the Bible say this about this topic? To my, so I was constantly peppering him with questions, trying to understand how the Bible works. And I think the greatest formative year that I had was the one year in Bible college when we read the Hebrew and Greek versions of the Bible. Wow, yeah. mm-hmm. And it was like, my eyes finally opened. I realized I'm like, wow, not everything I heard in the pulpit as a child was accurate. You know? Right. Right. And when you read from the Greek and Hebrew versions, it's such a revealing thing. And we learn what is real and what is not real and what is tradition as opposed to actual faith. Mm, yeah. Um, and so that helped me a lot. And as I've gotten older, I think I've gotten more open-minded. 
you know. Mm. How did you find out about Revolution for the listeners? Actually, my ex my ex husband's cousin who lives in Washington State. I think it's like she's around in Edmond. Okay. She was she was telling me about the Revolution. She's like, you need to check them out, Amy. And like, you know, Jay Baker, Tammy Faye, and Jim Baker's son. I'm like, mm. oh yeah, I know about him. Hilarious. You know, I, I remember watching your reality show. Was it back in the late nineties? Yeah, I think it was early 2000s. Um, yeah. yeah, One Punk Underground. I think it was like 2007, maybe? Sounds about right. Yeah. Right. That's when you were you're, you're smoking and you, you didn't have any gray hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty interesting. But um, it's it's been fascinating to hear about your ministry and what you're doing. And I tell my friends here about, like, yeah, he has church sermons and bars. Like, how awesome is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> But then you get in there, Pretty and we're fun. just we're, we have the same message as all the mega churches. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe less fanfare. Yeah, I've been to a few of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, you know, one of the one of the our you know now that people got to know you, now you get to tell us what to do. Our, <laughs> you know, one of the questions we always ask is: is if folks have advice, if 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 a parishioner, <laughs> a congregation <laughs> member, a friend, a, a listener, um, however you. <laughs> Has uh, has has advice or, or thought about you know what revolution could do more of you know obviously trying to do the meet your congregation so we can kind of yeah. give voice to people who listen because they will listen to create a dialogue yeah such different areas and and let each mm-hmm. other people know each other even more and hopefully get them to reach out to one another um, but you know any advice that you'd have for us as a church of things you think we could do or change or grow on or not do sure uh, I think. If we could have sermons to talk about, you know, what does the Bible say about divorce? Yeah. What does the Bible say about dating outside your race? You know, but things that I would call tra- controversial topics, maybe potentially atheism. Yeah. Uh, I think those are, are really good ways to kind of inform your congregation of your thoughts and the, the theology behind it. Right. Um, and, and I also think uh, if we could have an opportunity to kind of understand how you came to the point in your evolution of your beliefs. Yeah. You know, I, I hear you say snippets of, of why you are the way you are in your sermons, but like, I would like to hear the whole story of like, how did you become, go from being Jim and Tammy Faye Baker's son, you know, behind, just like we were, you know, right. raised behind the pulpit, hearing your father's doctrine and then getting to the point of where you are now, you know, what made the change for you? Was it reading the Hebrew version of the Bible? Was it, you know what was right. it that got you to where you are, mm. um, and how can we evolve as a a better, more understanding Christian? Mm. Um, cool. Those are all really, less, really good feedback. Yeah. yeah. So maybe less opinion and more um, truth and reality. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, it's funny because the, reading the Hebrew Bible did definitely have a huge. Hebrew and, and, and Greek. Greek definitely had a huge shapement on me on that yeah. line as well. I mean, mm. as it does, you're yeah. just like, what? <laughs> it's, it's kind of ironic. I went to Bible college initially to uh, get involved in some form of ministry, and a lot of my classmates, you know, by second semester, were all often married, and, and I was like, I just want to learn about the Bible, yeah. <laughs> and that's it, and... <laughs> How can I grow as an individual? It's definitely mind-boggling, so. and and all the things that people hold sacred. You go like, oh, that's just a, that's just a mistranslation. Oh, <laughs> right. interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You mean it's not all literal? Is that what you're trying <laughs> right. to say? Yeah, right. Mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Wasn't written to us in 2021. <laughs> 
where's iPhone in here? Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for taking this time with us. And uh, sure. thank you. For, yeah, we will definitely take those recommendations to heart. And um, yeah, I'll do some more of those talks. I don't think I just, I just think I started off doing some of those. And mm-hmm. then you forget mm-hmm. that you haven't done them in like 15 right. or like, 20 oh, years. And that. you're like, oh, and I've changed a lot since then and probably mm-hmm. have different opinions. So I should probably, yeah. update. probably update those and, and talk about those. And it's nice to have things to talk about. Yeah, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Appreciate Put that in your sermon that, you know. ideas. I, I have a big oh, note sure. sermon ideas. Yes, go back. Little seeds. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I've been divorced eight years, and I'm definitely not the person that I was eight years ago. Just right. me internally, I've changed, um, not just spiritual beliefs, but yeah. all around. No, it's to- it's completely you. amazing, too, what divorce, how divorce can allow you to see yourself in a different, complete, in a completely different way, in a really unique mm-hmm. perspective, and... Mm-hmm. What you can learn if you don't go down the bitterness hole, what you can right. learn about yourself, um, positive and negative, and, mm-hmm. and the changes mm-hmm. that you can make. I mean, I feel like I've been d- divorced twice, and I feel like I've definitely become more comfortable in my skin mm-hmm. and knowing yeah. who I am and better at having boundaries in relationships mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. even just personal relationships and work relationships, yeah. much less romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. So it really does yeah. do a number for, on, on you, but it, you can take that negative and turn it into something extremely positive that'll help you and Absolutely. people in the future. Mm-hmm. And, and understanding that your season of singleness isn't the worst thing ever. Right. Correct. Yeah, to totally. Yeah. It's, it's your opportunity to like to grow and figure out who you are as a person mm. and maybe what you need to do to develop so you can be a better partner for the next person. Right. Sure. You know, so. mm-hmm. And let them know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe just write it down, hand them a little piece of paper, and be like, these are some things you should probably know about me. Yeah. <laughs> it's guide to dating. Me. Yeah. <laughs> we are all a work in progress. Amen. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, thanks for the time, and we'll hopefully sure. see you online. Keep in touch on the old Instagram and Twitter and Facebookies, I guess. I, I'm, 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 yeah. I need to get more into Facebook, but I'll try. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I miss you on Facebook. Oh, well, thank you. I'm trying. I'm trying mm-hmm. to get back in. Slow baby steps. Just, yeah, just baby ignore steps. the haters, Jay. That's okay. all you got to do. Mm-hmm. I will take that advice. <laughs> Water off a duck's back. Yeah, just close right. my eyes. Yeah. All right. Well, have a great week. Thank you. You too. All right. Thanks, Amy. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website.